0: Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the ACAST app or at our Patreon, which is just Patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. What the fuck? Oh, hey, we need to use like, a gamer setup. Yeah. So you can like
1: I need to be a real gamer.
0: Yeah, no, you do. Well,
1: I just need to put this on the headset. Actually, I have a headset I could probably do that with.
0: I'm like, I have a headset right above you and duct tape somewhere around here if we want to fuck around for a no,
1: minute. No, I have some at home. I have like an old work one.
0: Okay, okay. Because I'm like, this, I'm, I'm into the DIY aspect of our oh, show. Oh,
1: absolutely. I mean, we definitely, I definitely shelled out for this, but it was worth it. I, appreciate I think it that makes thing. it a lot easier.
0: I, I was feeling, I'll feel bad about the quality of, of the show in comparison to other shows, but then I'll be like, oh wait, this other show is a guy who clearly like, has all the setup and knew how to engineer a show anyhow or it's a guy who's like at least a hundred thousand air so he can like pay somebody and yes people i do pay attention to if you're a hundred air or a thousand air that's the kind of poor i am yeah. uh i'm a 20 air right now
1: <laughs> and then, i i'm a i'm a thousand air
0: go you Facebook. but
1: a good portion of it will go away when i pay rent next month fair enough because i still have not come back to work
0: but i uh, yeah I, my but oh shit, what's my oh the shows the, there are shows I like that they'll have audio flubs and like even even shows I really appreciate where I'm like, oh you have production value and you still yes, good. I don't feel so bad. not every not everybody has a, a, a editors and whatnot so I, I feel Poe perfect
1: do true 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 Poe buddy it's a,
0: it's is an appropriation nerfict. it's an appropriation?
1: I don't think so. No, because I'm not talking about a poor boy.
0: No, but the afro... Is... No,
1: because it's nobody. It's perfect, but you just do po-buddies, nerfect.
0: Okay, I, just, I was double-checking.
1: I don't think it is. Pat!
0: Well, no, it's... So that...
1: Corey's racist.
0: We're all racist. It's just a matter of, like, no, what do you do about funny, it. No, it's
1: funny, because he was like, isn't it this drag queen candy davenport? I'm like, no. That's a Curious C Davenport. Uh, Is it because they're black, Corey?
0: <laughs> I I acknowledge I'm racist. I work on it. I, uh, shit, I had a point at the start of that. So this will probably be the clip at the end.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, well let's, oh, oh, let's...
0: appropriation. That was what I was gonna, that was how I was gonna circle that square. Appropriation. Because, uh, a lot of people have taken the, the slap, uh, her around the world as to be about them, uh, myself included because uh, i I'm, but here's 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 the the level of about me that I would like to make it as a disabled person. I'd like more people to slap other people for my benefit. I think I think I'm a fan of that. Yeah, uh, as a comedian, uh, we both have some pretty decent opinions about it as a uh, you, you expressed it already, but let's get it in this house. Well,
1: yeah, so here's here I have a few things I'd like to say about this. First of all, if I say something that's that fucked up, sure slap me fine yeah. absolutely like I I'm not going to be happy about it I don't know if I'll be as graceful as Chris Rock was about it I hope I was hope I will be but you know what I've had a drink thrown in my face before and it was a valid thing to have happened it wasn't during a comedy set but Ooh. like
0: worst I've had is a marine death stare me and I was like all right we're done talking about soldiering now like, and I've mostly had... I just talked about going down on a female soldier that was mm,
1: oh. <laughs> I've had multiple men angrily shake their head no while I'm doing my set Um, And then you were there for this one. It was on uh, 420.
0: No, you think I was there. I was there after that. No, you weren't
1: there. Yeah, you weren't there that because we were doing... You
0: told me about it.
1: We were supposed to do... like.
0: Here's my relationship (laughs) to the story. I'm one of the first people you've told...
1: And so just, it's become that you were there. Yeah. Well, it's because, like, I was doing all those 420 shows, and, like, you were on at least two of them because I think we did, t- I think I was supposed to do like three shows that day. I think I day.
0: hitched a ride with you or something. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, but I.
0: Oddly enough, my memory a little cloudy about
1: 420. Um, kid booked me on this show. Uh, it was in the dispensary parking lot, uh, the dispensary parking lot in Gresham. And um, I had checked, like, asked him if, like, we had any restrictions on material. Or, like, I guess he had asked the guy who owned the dispensary. And he's like, nah, you do you. So I'm like, okay, I'll do the jokes I want to do. Keith does whatever his intro is. I come on. Now, to set the stage, it's just, like, block party-esque in a parking lot of a dispensary. And the DJ had decided that he was going to do, like, record scratches at to like a company or like you know so like the crowd was like it was weird like i don't the crowd was confused about what was going on too and so i go up and i do my set and i start talking about how um i people think i look gay because and i was also literally wearing black cargo shorts so like that's just something that happens and i was saying like i was like uh you can wear uh it's like wearing cargo shorts and getting, uh, sucking dick are not mutually exclusive. And the, uh, guy, the dispensary <laughs> owner came up from behind me, because we were standing in front of the DJ table performing, came up from behind me and said, no, this show is over, and pulled the mic out of my hand. And so then I had to walk through the crowd and say sorry, because I had ended the show with my dick joke. So I've had a mic physically pulled out of my hand during a set, because I said something yeah. offensive. I will argue that that was not valid, but you know what? Whatever.
0: Well, that, I would, <laughs> my, my, the thing I think that's also like the reason a lot of, a lot of, a lot of men, a lot, the reason a lot of men have opinions about it is because it's a reaction to a thing men do. Uh, 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 I just listened to Stanhope's thing, and one of his bits on there that I, I find very funny, but I strongly disagree with, is is the job of a comedian to make things fun. And I think it is important, and that like it's it's when you make things fun, when you add fun to the environment, that's kind of yeah, that is important. But there's a there is a distinction, unfortunately, like yeah. semantically between making things fun. And making fun of someone. Like, they're, they're, yeah. there's a line when you're crossing. Love fun as a group activity, there's a distinction that I think we miss as a society because of the way we've industrialized comedy. Like, we've turned it into a product. That there's a distinction between some people are just naturally funny and they know when to tell a joke off the cuff. And some people know how to tell jokes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. those
0: aren't the same thing. And you can tell the difference between, like, if you go to you watch Politicians, like, the one thing you say about Trump is he's kind of, maybe not our sense of humor, but he's definitely kind of naturally funny as far as those kind of people go.
1: Oh, it's like my mom. My mom is not an intentionally funny person. Does she do funny shit all the time? Absolutely.
0: Meanwhile, you hand uh, Miss Clinton a script and Oof. her joke, her, her, her yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: no, well, and what I was also going to say, though, is that I was uh, at an open mic uh, at LADS.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, th- the thing that's on and off a thing.
1: Yeah, and... Uh, they <laughs> I think a-
0: it exists in, like, an, an alternate reality that occasionally slips into ours, and yeah. then, like...
1: But they would put a bucket of beers out for people to stay. So this woman... You know, a really great thing to encourage people who have already drank too much to continue drinking so they'll stay to watch my comedy.
0: Yeah, yeah. they said I was talking too much, but you're giving me beer. But
1: then uh, a a woman who was really drunk decided to come up on stage while I was doing my set and put her arm around me and grab my boob. Ooh. Yeah, so like... I, I'm just really annoyed with these comedians portraying this as a like unsettling event that is going to embolden people to violate performers on stage because that has fucking always happened and the people who are the most vulnerable are not the ones saying that this is going to change everything
0: yeah that was that was going to be the point I was getting to yeah which sorry was, like, I just, no like, no no you're fine you, you circled right to the point because it makes
1: me fucking furious because like I've, I've had I wrote
0: it down so I didn't forget it that I've was... had
1: audience members be physically threatening to me when I've asked them to be quiet during sets like f- for other comics before I have felt in danger on multiple occasions a comedian I know said that she was booked on a show somewhere where it was clearly conservative and they were definitely proud boys there and her and the other person who'd been booked by the guy who brought them there were um latino people yeah so it's like you know you put fucking minorities in with a group of people who literally align themselves with fucking nazis because so there are the there is danger every fucking place
0: because what what people (sighs) what 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 dudes what dudes are are most like oh my god Scared of is consequences, immediate and 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 brutal. And I think what they don't realize is that like what they are scared of is the thing that happens to other people. If you're disabled, if you're pardon me, if you're disabled, if you're a woman, if you're black. My my favorite thing if of, you're queer. Yeah, my favorite thing about Dirty Angel is their 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 rule that like you can say anything if you can take a punch. And I'm I feel much safer in that room than I do any other room because I know the people in the crowd, A, feel just as authorized to be there, right? Like, one of my... Like, the, the, like I think about this quite a bit, the thing that really makes me admire Dirty Angel. There was a seasoned comic. I'm not going to... I don't want to insult her because she wasn't trying to cause harm, but she... Uh, 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 a trans person left, a person who had gone from male to female, uh, and then the this older performer came up and was like, why would you get rid of good dick? Like, I try to grab as much dick as I can... Obviously, like, them seeing, right, like, mm-hmm. the joke there, obvious, but they offended the audience person. I was like, hey, I'm going to get up and leave. And the thing about Dirty Angel is they're like, if you're going to make an audience member leave, no, you're leaving. And they, they cut off the mic on a fucking season on, like, somebody who does headlines and festivals and shit and like that. Has,
1: uh and, done extremely well in competitions as well. Yeah, and, and, that's, is and is a friend of theirs. Yeah.
0: And because of that, I feel both as a performer and as a comedian, or as a performer and an audience member, safer. You'll be respected. Because I also know if I'm saying something that's out of line and I don't want to say something that's out of line, I would really appreciate my friends having the courage of their convictions to be like, uh, Pat, it's pretty fucked up that thing you said about stolen or whatever, right?
1: Another thing I thought of, um, back when I used to do open mics in Missoula, there would be this dude who'd come down from Canada who like either books or promotes for <laughs> oh. like a comedy festival up there.
0: Here's here's what I want to get. I want to <sighs> guess, guess. Can I guess? I raise my hand. Can I guess? He's super conservative and thinks he can harvest like conservatives from Americans to take up to I don't think Canada. he's super
1: conservative. I think he's moderate. I think he's car salesman.
0: <laughs> Which in, in Canada can be
1: Yeah, no. I, I don't <laughs> like I think I think he's like the The Shapiros and the Tucker Carlson's of the world where it's like, yeah, you're probably really selfish and you probably believe some of this, but you definitely don't believe all of it. And I mean, they're also just in it for themselves. But so he would come down and like do sets and then like, like do mics, whatever. Well, the mic we had in town, the one mic one time a month. Yeah, folks. Um, and some of my friends were sitting in the front, there were a couple, and one of my friends is very fat. They're a big person. Yeah. And so he spent a good majority of his set insulting that person for being fat, calling him a fat fuck, saying all this shitty stuff. That made my friends not want to be there. Yeah. That made my friends not want to be at that show, and like... That's what bothers me about this is that that's exactly what Chris Rock did. From my understanding, he did not write that joke. That was not in the script. He, it was just a throwaway at the people in the, the, co- front of the crowd. And it's just like there was a lot.
0: Of- Carlos, Carlos also had uh, Carlos Wyndham Smoke and Mirrors. Uh, they have a YouTube show. Uh, they had the other good point they had was like. That was the laziest fucking joke. Yes. You did you did. I guess he did. I haven't seen it, but I guess he did like a GI Jane joke. Yeah, basically,
1: joke. he's like, "Are you are you working on GI Jane 2?
0: And and Carlos is like, "All right, here's here's a free one off the top of my head. What about Black Panther two? Are you the head of the Dara Milaje? Like, let's 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 just update the age yeah, of your joke." Yeah, but that
1: would that would require Chris Rock to actually be interested in learning about the society are that you, he's benefiting from. <laughs>
0: are you are you saying then that because He has experienced success. His only motivation is to continue to replicate those behaviors that brought him success, and that uh, all he wants to do is secure his position and prestige uh, of success, and that threats to that uh, have to almost be physical, drastic, uh, and and maybe even (laughs) immediate in order to get him to change what has basically been kind of a, a like an almost profit mindset
1: right from but like these are the things that i feel like the people who are just automatically saying like oh will smith's a fucking asshole chris rock was totally valid that was just a fucking joke like that i think that that take is so much more frustrating to me cuz not only is it telling people that like there's time th- this is not an okay time for violence only when the state does it it's yeah. okay or it's, like it's stuff establishing
0: like that. a normalcy yes. for for what isn't isn't acceptable violence yes which I'm, so I'm... i
1: don't like that and i also don't like giving chris rock any fucking benefit of the doubt in this situation because i don't i i don't i don't feel like he's earned any especially it's... considering the money he's made off of black women's hair
0: this is a parallel tangent and then we'll get how I think this relates to climate change oh god well no no because that was, that was the theme of the episode but the parallel tangent is like a personal opinion I've always had on comedy and a reason a personal a thing I've always struggled with as far as being a comedian is that in 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 kind of it's uh, like Stanhope has a whole thing about how doing stand up is to get laid for dudes. And I don't I don't I don't agree nor disagree with that. I think it might be I understand peacocking and plumage and like it's a I personally think though comedy is much more of a it's a self defense mechanism. Absolutely. The, the, re, the world is absurd sometimes and it's so bleak that you have to laugh at it. It's a
1: self-defense and it's a healing mechanism. And
0: as a result of that it's, it's like it's like when somebody it, it's a thing I've always hated that dudes do where they'll swing at you and if you flinch or you try to swing back they're like what's your problem man? And it's like well no you
1: you started this. You triggered
0: an instinct within me and then mm-hmm. I reacted normally. And comedy to me is very much that as well. And to me, there's people who, who verbally swing all the time, so to yeah. speak, and there are people who are verbally defensive. And the thing I've always struggled with with comedy, the thing I've always, like, just has always, I don't know, broken my understanding of other people's relationship to it, especially roasting, is that you're, you're doing a martial arts exhibition, and then you're like, I'm surprised somebody was offended that I swung. Like, that I used a roundhouse kick. Like, I'm surprised my roundhouse kick hurt someone. It's like, no, dude, that's what a roundhouse kick is for. Like, you don't you do not do a roundhouse kick just to look cool. You do it because you, like, you want to hit the midsection or whatever the physics of violence is. And no,
1: you want to do what Sonya does in Mortal Kombat where she gets on her hands, does a handstand, and grabs your head by her feet and then throws you over.
0: Back to my my martial arts thing, too, too, too further. So it's like, I'm chris rock is like hey i swung at this person verbally why are they surprised that i was swinging at them it's a whole
1: yeah so patrick wanted me to let you folks know that uh i sell artwork and i do i predominantly do poor painting which is the most uh Elegant way of saying I have ruined uh, my chances of getting my deposit back at my apartment If you folks are interested in looking at the visual art that I have created um, You can go to at whoreforpoor on Instagram So w-h-o-r-e-f-o-r-p-o-u-r Yeah, I spelled that right Uh, And you can see my artwork At this time, I'm not really interested in doing commission, but if there's a piece that's listed for sale, just send me a direct message and we'll see what we can do about getting that in your hands.
0: The joke I was making earlier about the Chris Rock thing about him being in a position-
1: Being removed from the consequences of your actions. and
0: more importantly, wanting to stay secure in your position and not face consequences of your actions are very much why we're kind of in the state we are with the climate crisis as well. hmm You know how many people uh, have served time for the Exxon Valdez?
1: No. None? none Nobody? None. Yeah, I so think, I, I, think even,
0: I think even the captain... I, I don't remember the exact details. So there's another great you're wrong about about it. But even, like, the captain who, like, fucked up shit faced minimum charges because we don't want to... They don't want to be punished because if you punish the people in charge of Exxon, then you have to punish all the things or are all the other things underneath that are affected. Mm-hmm. So suddenly the auto industry is affected. And oh, yeah. And suddenly certain food manufacturers are affected because of the way crude oil is either applied to manufacturing food containers and or used in yeah, the production plastics. of some foods. There's some foods that just have random chemicals in them and doesn't spoil. Anyway. Uh, we're doing great. We're doing great. Great system. Five stars. No notes. But that'll, that's the shirt. But okay. Someday. It has to have five stars. Like, it should say great system, five stars. No, no. Anyway, somebody get on that. We need We need a merch team. We oh, need God. A, but, but, but that exact same thing that leads to Chris Rock, not uh, to people saying Chris Rock shouldn't be slapped, shouldn't face any consequences for the things he says, is, I think, a, a correlation we make also with the people of Exxon. Back in the day, Rich... People, powerful people, had to go to great lengths to avoid the masses because they knew how fucked up the things they were doing were. Meanwhile, Bezos is like, hey, I'm going to have a giant press release every time I leave space.
1: <laughs> I can't remember who said it,
0: but they're like, I-, I hope one of those guys finally crashes They will epically and really burns. Yeah,
1: and I hope it's because of, like, they had to cut back because it was getting too expensive. But
0: more importantly, they see how much we cheer, just the rest of us, and are like,
1: fuck yeah! Well, like, that's what blew my fucking mind when Steve Jobs died. Everyone was just... The sad boners were everywhere. And I'm like, he was not a good person. He was... And, like, probably most of the things you're impressed about with Apple had very little to do with anything he actively did. This fucking hero worship, this bootlicking, is is just... Obscene. There's,
0: this, there's this thing we, we have a list for the listeners to know about of oh things we want to do for episodes. Most of them are kind of recyclables related, obviously because of the yeah. Because Patrick's
1: nature. a real hog.
0: Well, no, just because of the timely yeah. nature of news. Like we just kind of react to news. No, no, we get...
1: and also you have a lot of really good ideas.
0: But one of one of the ones I want to like now add to it is the fact of like how many of these really wealthy dudes inflict this shit, this weird work ethic upon themselves. mm mm-hmm. uh, and, and then because they're not actually doing any... Like, Steve Jobs is might, might be working like 20-hour days, right? But he's not doing work over that 20 hours. He's yeah, someone made lunch. the point, like, these CEOs... It was, uh, it was behind the bastard.
1: Yeah, it, like, these CEOs keep on saying, like, oh, we're doing X amount of work, and it's like, no, you're, you have two lunches and you have two dinners where you're just going to talk to people. Like, that's not work like someone working in a fucking toyota factory
0: the point though is the the the, the circle i wanted to square between chris rock and that is is literally that the reason it's one of the reasons we don't address climate change is because the wealthy people in power have kind of trained us to be like no 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 you're not allowed to respond that way you know like when was the last time we just sat outside of a coke brother's house you know what I mean?
1: Did one of them die?
0: I think so. Yeah, one of them did die. But that just gave more power to the other one. Right. They're like Highlanders. That's why we don't attack it. That's why we don't attack wealthy people, is because we've decentralized that norm. Uh, it's, it's a thing I hear Dave Anthony ramble about quite a bit on the West Wing thing that I firmly agree with. That, like, no, nah, if you don't like Ted Cruz, then why does Ted Cruz have a minute of peace? Like, if you don't like... And I know that works both ways. Like, oh, no, that could happen to Bernie Sanders or or Alexia Cortez. Crap, I'm bad with names.
1: Alexander-Exandre-Casio-Cortez.
0: See, you're the name person, I've decided. (laughs) Yeah. In this Um, relationship, I've decided to weaponize my incompetence about names. No, it's fine. Anyway, um... Weaponized incompetence wasn't the point we we're getting to. No, it was we're
1: getting to climate change. Climate
0: change, but the the we have notes. We we can follow. Up.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, the reason we did talk about Chris Rock and Will Smith at the beginning is because I I think partially because I'm just dreading talking about climate change because it just makes me so sad.
0: And for me, it was because it links into the fact that climate change is a hyper object, high yeah. future episode of recyclables.
1: Well, and I, one thing too, probably since like twenty. 20- 2013 or so when I really started to see a lot more beetle kill in Montana a lot more forest fires things getting drunk kill so there's a type of pine there's pine beetles, and what they do is they get in oh, under okay, the bark okay, okay. of trees I was, and I was thinking it? It. it
0: was like a snake-stomping festival. Campaign. No, no, no. The, no. The beetles doing the damage. No, though. that's, Ecological I mean, devastation. we have the
1: Rocky Mountain Oyster Festival, which is super bad, and lots of people die from drunk driving. I saw that a lot. I saw, like, you know, forest fires, um, saw the rivers getting lower and lower and lower, uh, snow caps not staying as long or even staying at all on certain mountains, so I've been I have been aware of climate change for a pretty long time, to the point that for probably three or four years, I would at least regularly have. Uh, panic attacks about it like which is summer uncommon. i have panic attacks about climate change in the winter i typically have panic attacks about death i haven't had them lately which has been nice but i'm also worried that means i'm going nose blind
0: it might be because I, th- I think some of it is just there's so much going on that it's hard to have the same panic i've noticed it as a person who i've lived in portland since i was, I was born here but i've lived in portland since i was eight and i've also especially in the last few years uh kind of I've always been curious about the weather patterns because I I like that it's rainy and gloomy. I, I like the patterns that I assumed the Northwest had, which was that we have very very wet falls that lead to cold sometimes wet, but usually just cold wet, like cold wet in the sense of rain, not snow. Mm-hmm. Winters we'll, like we'll get ice and then a different, an occasional snowstorm here or there and then like a sort of misty spring and a pretty uh, temperate Summer. Yeah. Like growing up as a kid, we had this rule where we could go swimming if it was 90 degrees. Like they had no. Like it was basically, all right, once it's hit 90 degrees, we have no choice but to try to find a body of water, children, that is the ingredient. So I would like fucking pay attention to the, the, the temperature. Where
1: would right? you go? Like the pool?
0: Like the, they would pull out a kiddie pool or sometimes uh, we'd okay. go to the river or something like that. Uh, but. but I would pay attention to that. And they, they, my mom told me later that, like, no, they set it at 90 because it never really got to 90. It gets to, like, 88, 89 most of the time. Yeah. And so so this past summer, when it gets to, like, 115, I'm like, you know, that's a lot of numbers difference. Yeah. I know what an Overton window is, and that's more than that. That's
1: Well, in a- some context from where I'm from, in Montana, so I grew up in Great Falls— Um, When I was younger, like, you'd maybe get, like, a week or two of 90-degree weather a year at Tops. Now, it's, like, a week or two of 100-degree weather and consistently 90-degree weather. And
0: here's the fucked-up part. Oregon's weather that I thought was Oregon's weather wasn't Oregon's weather. We were, because back in the Native American days, back when colonial settlers were showing up, really, I can't say Native American days, the end of the Native American, whatever, that's not fair either. Anyway, in the 18 and 1900s, the weather pattern was much more always rain. Like always, yeah. always, always rain. Like well, entire... yeah. Think
1: about Lewis and Clark's description of being at Clatsop.
0: Well, the the Native Americans in this area, particularly further north, because of the the. You can listen to the Matthew Paul Deddy episode about the Native Americans to get more of an idea of what I'm talking about. But the societies part of your social standing was the style of hat you wore, because people wore hats all the time because it was always raining. Like it never. Like it was. I guess kind of what Britain experiences. We had very few no rain days because we were a temperate rainforest. Yeah. We, were, we got snow uh, unlike you get in like Brazil uh, but we we didn't we, we were wetland. We were our, our forests were actually not nearly as closely packed as they would be in the early 1900s. Uh, and as a result of that they would have much colder more snowy winters and more wetness the rest of the time. So you would have like... like People wouldn't exactly hibernate, but they would definitely like, all right, we're not going out for November 30th to the end of February kind of thing as a community. Uh, and before that, it was something different because before that, there was actually a huge global climate catastrophe that happened because of the I think it's the 100 years war because of the nature of um There was a change in crops and the way we did crops. The war also interrupted the, the, not only the rotation of crops, but like, they would salt land and burn oh. burn fields so you're, you're burning vast stretches of forest that were originally you're just cutting up the planet's lungs for war and it brought on a little ice age that little ice age occurs right when the French Revolution is, is has a kind of do or die point and because of the starvation and hunger that's how you get a French Revolution is because there's an ice age in response to the, the climate catastrophe that was the Hundred Years War so this isn't even the first time
1: I saw, so in the podcast that I listen to, and I'll include it, I'll send you the link to it, but um, it's it's talking to a climate scientist, I think he's probably from India, and he's talking about the fact that the U.S. is like a fifth of all emissions, Yeah, and, and, and that I'm pretty sure like fifty percent of that, if not more, is the military because from my understanding because like apparently I saw this on tiktok because 'cause I'm hip they don't typically count the military in global emissions. They're not put there because they don't even want people to think about it. Speaking of hyper objects.
0: Which is I, we're kinda of jumping around point, but I think that's Sorry, the no, 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 i think no, no, was no, through. no, no I, think, I think explaining it. So I think that's that's because uh, the, the the hyper object is a thing uh, popularized by a guy named Timothy Morton.
1: Timothy Morton.
0: He popularized this this conception of uh, climate change as a hyper object, as an object that is bigger than any one thing. Because the rising temperature and changing climate, that's not exactly climate change. That's a that's an aspect of it. It's a. Simple- also, the things that lead to it, pollution, the military-industrial complex, that's not climate change, but that is also a part of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm going to link to the video that I think we, we agreed kind of explained it pretty yeah. succinctly.
1: What they specifically said is that it's over a long stretch of time, too. So the reason we're having such a hard time grasping it as a, uh, as a world and addressing it is that... The changes are so incremental and over such a large amount of time. It's As I was watching the video, it made me understand why evolution has been so hard for people to grasp. Because evolution, I believe, is also kind of a hyper-object.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think they, they do a lot of good defining of it. And I think the biggest thing that they leave out is that it is a four... The way I've come to think of it, and I haven't even finished the book, so I might change on that, is that it's a four-dimensional object with gravity. Which is gravity, meaning it affects the flow and force of other things the same way gravitational force affects things in physics. Mm -hmm. And it is expansive. That's why I mean fourth dimension. So, like, outside of time and space and it impacts things. And I think evolution, like you said, is a good example because it goes on over a course of time. No one can... You can't watch your cat evolve. But if you see...
1: Oh, I've seen it. um, (laughs) We've seen her make
0: personal growth, and that's not the same as evolution. And that's the really fucked up thing about English in particular, is that evolution is used kind of... We can mix and match words to mean whatever the fuck we want in English. It's a really fucked up thing about it. It's useful in some ways, really unuseful in others. But one of the things that does let us use is evolution is a long, slow process, but it's also a term for that personal thing we do. But we, we can't see it, and it does impact all kinds of things. But... Mm -hmm. One
1: thing, one of the things they also talked about in the video was Gaussian and molten, meaning that, like, it's not something you can hold on to.
0: You can't, I used to have a bit that nobody, it it, it was a young bit, but it was like, look, hey guys, I just wanted to come on stage, I wanted to announce, um, I fixed everything, I found the guy, and I killed him. The, the guy at the start of everybody being pissed off, like the guy who made the guy in front of you hit his brakes, who made that guy hit his brakes, who made that guy hit his brakes. I found that guy and I killed him. So we can all have a good day now. The one bad guy is dead. Let's go. And <laughs> the reason that bit doesn't work is A, it's not absurd enough. But B, the fact of the matter is, that the, the, the absurdity I was trying to point out is you can't kill one guy and then you just fix traffic because it's a whole series of systemic things. We're
1: all in traffic.
0: Yeah, and it's the same way with, with climate change. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, like, there's no, there's no. Well, we fix that and it fixes everything. If we get rid of the CEOs in charge and decorporatize and make things like employee-owned businesses, that doesn't fix climate change. That's just a, an aspect that gets us towards it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think the reason if the hyper objectivity is, or like being a hyper object is kind of helpful, is that it, it being a hyper object, it means that big things are gonna need to happen but you can't expect us as individuals to fix this by taking shorter showers and walking to work instead yeah so like i know the big reason i avoid thinking and talking a lot about climate change is just that i i'm still dealing with the morning it's frustrating because it's like we all, I, I think most people who are aware of what's going on and see all the things that are in our way of actually addressing it, it is so hard to feel any semblance of hope and to feel like there's anything you can do.
0: Because the fact of the matter is, like, no, it's here. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's,
1: but, the... I mean, even before it was here, like, it was hard to feel like we could even pump the brakes.
0: Oh, and that's, well, here, here's here's the fucked up of it. It was, it was here before we got here. That's how fucked up it is. Like, there could be an argument made for, like, the Romans caused some of this shit. Like, Because, like, part of their tactics in war, more than a lot of other, at least as far as my understanding is, like, don't quote me on this, I'm not fucking historian, is that they would change literally the geography for their advantage, and then it would stick around for a while because they weren't really thinking about, like... You know, twenty years from now, what happens when you divert the course of this river? They were thinking, well, if we divert the course of this river, then that town doesn't get water, and they'll become Romans, and we can collect their taxes. And Good then, lord. and so, like, the, I mean, but that's what empire does. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure the Chinese were doing something similar once they unified. That's what the Incans did, like they in South America. Oh no, yeah. It,
1: I mean, I would say any any like empire state, like you. You are deciding that your leadership is more important than other people's autonomy. So, yeah, of course you'd be okay with taking away things that they need for survival as well.
0: Part of the problem with it being so big, too, is that the inertial, the the force behind it is hard for people to come to terms with. The idea that we might need to change every aspect of our lives Mm -hmm. and completely in order to survive as not just individuals, but as a species. thank you for listening to recyclables i really appreciate it if you want to support the program the best way to do that is to like subscribe and share uh the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our patreon which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com until next time thank you
1: i was thinking this on the way over uh well and i was thinking about a little bit sitting here one thing I think that COVID helped me with was is it did definitely feel like one of the first visceral outcomes of climate change. Like, just so fucking tangible for more people than most anything has been in the past. You know, it's usually it's been, like, relegated to specific areas. This was worldwide. So it was at least heartening to see what I've been afraid of and, and... know that I'm still here and making it through but I also temper that with the fact of all the people who are not making th- it through yeah. and who are not going to make it through and the ones who are not their whole selves anymore because of this and I mean I feel like I've probably lost half of who I am in this pandemic
0: No and that's fair. I mean, I think that, that actually got to a point I was going to make too, which is I think I've always had this philosophy that it doesn't really matter how poor or how rich you are, right? Because things aren't really going to change. It doesn't matter who's king if you're a slave, because you're still... Even if they change... I mean, we've we've clearly seen, even if they change slavery, then your conditions improve, yeah, but you're still lowest person in the social caste order, right? And it's... it's-
1: well, change is just so incremental that sometimes it's hard to see it even happening. And... When the people who do have the money are not interested in things changing, they're going to gum up that system as much as possible.
0: But I also think when you're like, I I lived a pretty traumatic childhood of abuse, right? And I've had, I've been disabled, so I've always been aware of my limitations. But, But my point is that, like, I am used to the idea that things are awful and that they are, they suck. And... When you're not used to that, you will be resistant to it until the end because you don't want to experience that. Part of why a lot of people end up in, like, we'll stay married for the kids is because they saw people stay married for the kids. Part of the reason I got divorced inside of, like, three months of my first marriage was me being like, oh, this isn't going to last eight years. We're not doing this. Like, this needs to be—I know how this goes. That ends horribly. All right, cool. We're done. Like, I've experienced this trauma already. Not going to do it to someone else. And if you don't know any better, if you only know, hey, we're going to stay together for the kids, that's just the way it works, then you don't.
1: Well, or if there are specific societal pressures around you getting divorced, like there's still a lot of people who think that you shouldn't ever get divorced and that that is a covenant you made with God and that you are disrespecting God's love by getting divorced, even if your husband's beating the shit out of you or your wife is beating the shit out of you.
0: I hate I keep reading of Stan Hope in this episode but like it's it's dead people's baggage which is a great line like it's just it's other people's bullshit it's it's that's what tradition is it's just oh we've, we've a dead person said to do this
1: <laughs> you you are looking at this through the hyper-objective hyper it's
0: it's the same conversation I have with white supremacy and racism that I don't think people get which is like you don't have a choice but to be racist. You and I are racist, whether we want to be or not, because we are in a white supremacist system. Now, are we going to let white supremacy be the maintained system? It's kind of a similar thing with climate change, where it's like, no, c- climate change is here. It's happened. The, the 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 global warming, a climate apocalypse, whatever you want to call it, it's occurring. It will either be really slow and staggering and we won't realize it until like your great-grandkids are like wow why are those people whipping us right like or it can be immediate like the forest fires like the beetle like COVID. part of accepting that is it lets you deal with the reality because if you don't know the extent of the problem then you can't solve the problem. If all you know is your car is making a funny noise, you don't know that there's a ticking bomb or if it's just like a rod is loose.
1: Um, So I listened to a podcast. um, I'll include it in the link. And they talked to um, a guy working on climate. And one of the things he was talking about is that at the last summit, COP26, it was somewhere in Africa, There was definitely some, like, good progress made, and it was, like, one of the first... uh, Recently, the UN Secretary General, I want to say, called out the fossil fuel industry directly, which really hasn't happened. So those are some good things that are happening. But one of the points that he made is that we need to put the money into addressing all of the, like, environmental disaster shit that's coming. And it's not just, like, building walls around cities that are near the water and stuff like that. It's just genuinely dealing with drought, dealing with lack of energy, dealing with all these sorts of things and any sort of natural disasters and putting the, like, making sure that every everyone gets the care that they need. We need to be putting away billions and billions and billions of dollars. And it sounds like we are keep on promising we're going to, but it's just it's not happening.
0: Part of the reason why it's important to point out that it's a hyper-object is that it's to say, A, there's not one solution. And B, I think because of that, it means... It, it forces us to be proactive.
1: Yeah. He said that the big thing that we need to take, because since since big countries and, like, you know, the industrial leaders aren't taking the steps they need, they at least need to start listening to the voices of the global south because they're the ones who are going to be directly affected by it, and who, those are the ones who are being directly affected by it, and they have been ha- having to find solutions that do not cost a lot of money. And so what I really, like... The problem is big, yes, and we need to look at it from different angles, and we need to be centering the voices of the people who are already being affected and are going to be affected. Like, it shouldn't be us over here talking about, like, yes, we're seeing legitimate effects of climate change in Portland.
0: You mean the way the Europeans divided up Africa? Yeah, exactly. It's like, we need
1: to do the opposite of what they did to Africa and the Middle East and Latin America uh, and North America. And... Basically,
0: we just need to stop
1: doing all the things we've always done.
0: Just a minute, just a minute. We've tried this on every continent and it has never once worked. And yet, every time, somebody's like, no, 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 no. This'll be the time. This is
1: the time it's going to work. It just kind of comes down to, we need to be listening to the people who are the most, who are being affected the most and having having to deal with this shit the most. And, actually, and this brings me to the thing I wanted to talk about, where you were saying, like, people coming in to say, like, fix the situation, like, what I've seen in Montana, uh, we have the Berkeley Pit, where they just hollowed out a mountain, you know, to get rid of all. It's in, it's outside of Butte or in Butte. Do you oh, know? This
0: is, this is. I'm rubbing my hands inside. Go on. You don't.
1: Okay, you don't. So I,
0: I finished my tea, so I can't sip it. Here, let me sip picture my picture. It
1: picture it. Uh, the Montana Gold Rush. A little closer. Um, picture it. The Montana Gold Rush. Yeah obviously there were the Copper Kings and the Copper Kings I think were all in Butte because initially it was gold but then it became copper once electricity became popular. <laughs> when you know electricity was all the rage now who even cares about electricity? Yeah, not. So, i what's,
0: what's electricity? Is that that wizard's <laughs> lightning that powers everything around us?
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. So basically what they did I don't even know who specifically owned what ended up is Berkeley Pit it used to be a mountain and they just like chopped the whole thing off and then kept cutting down so just like you know, and getting everything inside of it out. We
0: reversed mountain. Basically, we, we unmount. And
1: until it was, it was Earth Day one year. I want to say it was in the nineties. We like because mining operations stopped. We, I want to say um, in like the seventies and eighties. Once you know, there's a big copper mine, isn't it in Chile or sure? It's it's somewhere in South America. There's a pretty big Chile uh, copper mine, and they they had more copper and could do it for cheaper. So. Montana copper production kind of slowed down. Gotcha. Um Well, the company that was responsible for the mine and everything one year on Earth Day, they just turned off the water pump. So that means that all of those caverns in there and that big pit filled up with groundwater that had been being pumped out to make sure... And they use, like, arsenic, all sorts of other shit, you know, to do and the all mining. That shit is so just... that's all in that. So there's so been... That's not an
0: ocean. Or that's not a that's not a pond or, or... It's a
1: poison pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, a whole flock of geese landed in there one year, and uh... then, like, they all died. Oh, like, they I... didn't die in the water. Like, they flied off somewhere I, I, and died. I shouldn't
0: be laughing, but that so... Like... Yeah. You... <laughs> there... When you create a cursed place within the Earth, you should question what you're doing. Yeah.
1: But so here's the thing, the company that's being tasked with cleaning that out is the same company that created the problem in the first place. So that's what I think, like, if these fucking assholes and fossil fuels knew what was good for them, they would start marketing themselves towards every fucking climate change thing possible. Because then they can make even more money fixing the problems they fucking created that's, themselves that's
0: that's the problem is there's no such thing as a rational person yeah these are all people but i mean then, their money. I, I
1: think eventually it will happen or at least that like because i can't imagine well, why it wouldn't
0: that, that was kind of our another point we wanted to hit it's like the, the problem with climate change being kind of a foregone conclusion really the the thing you need to grapple with once you grapple with that is that it means somebody's gonna address that anytime there is a crisis people are gonna step up to and
1: who do you want to have help do right. you want Elon Musk he or do you want a... Bernie Sanders? Earlier, Sorry.
0: Well, no, no. It's a pretty apt example. And here's the thing you and I were talking about earlier, which is like horseshoe theory. The idea that the left and the right are kind of equally motivated is wrong. It's laughable. Yeah. The reality, I think we, or at least the conclusion I'm pushing, is that's really more of a question mark. Because the left is only willing to go so far. I don't know about you. I'm not on board with genocides. Like, I'm not actually on board with a... I'm not on board with a... uh, Maybe this is just my investment as a nominally straight white male, but I'm not on board with a straight white male progrom. I don't actually... Like, I'm... Well, here's the thing. I'm on board with it, but I'm not on... Like, I want to hide myself in my own attic. I don't know where I am. Well,
1: so, yeah. I mean, to circle back to Will Smith and Chris Rock... Do I really want to see comedians get hit on stage? Not necessarily. Rochelle, let's
0: not speak for the entire podcast production team.
1: No, I'm not. Like, ideally, I don't like that level of anger ever because it makes my skin burn. Like, when I watched the clip of what happened, I got that embarrassed skin burn when my parents would fight and yell at me. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely do not like that feeling. However, do I think people sometimes need to get fucking slapped? Absolutely.
0: I circle back. But I this. don't
1: support programs really. I I don't think there's a part of me that thinks anyone needs to be cleansed.
0: That that's kind of that's that's kind of my point, which is like if it's a foregone conclusion, and it's already happening, and it's going to have an impact. People are going to have to move in mass. We're going to have refugees of some be kind. A
1: huge refugee crisis, huge water shortage, crop failures. These are
0: going to be foregone conclusions. Yep. So. If, if this is a question mark, you're, you're, I guess when you look at a question, you kind of need to put question mark theory to it. There we go. My therapist is right. is can be a philosopher. Mm-hmm. If you're going to look at a question, apply a question mark to it. And who do you want dealing with an answer? And I'll be honest, Like I'm sure there's at some point where you want super conservative people that are willing to go to a genocide to solve some problem at some point. But they're willing to keep on going. Like, they're willing to... The, the problem with siding with the Nazis now is the Nazis come after you later. And now that you're nice and comfortable. And it's that, or it's people who are like, look, what if we just abolished work and then made our lives reconstituting the environment? Like, imagine a world... I think about this so... Like, I, my soul does unnatural... Your
1: soul gets a chub?
0: My soul gets a chub and touches itself to the thought of, what if tomorrow nobody had a job? You could just make whatever you needed to do, but once a, once a week, once a month, once a unit of time, based on your ability, you applied a little community service. You went and, you went and like, hey, it turns out there's a bunch of trash at the beach, and we need to organize it and put it into a thing. All right, can you do that for, like, four hours? You can get stoned while you do it. We have machines that will take care of compacting the trash. Like, all right. of these things, that's a world that's possible. I would be willing to as disabled and as fucked up as my body is spend three or four hours a day just gardening or or, or clean and yeah. that's a reality that's possible and the reason we don't have it is because these guys who already kind of live like that don't want other people anyway that's, yeah. that's not my point. they
1: don't think we can all have that
0: my point is if it's a foregone conclusion or we should do we want eco-fascists motivated to continue a pattern that hasn't worked or do we want to try fucking something different there's a meme or a phrase that's been around forever on the left of, like, people can envision the end of the world before they can envision the end of capitalism, and that's genuinely a problem, and I think that's the problem of the fact that, like, capitalism... Well,
1: capitalism is a hyper-object. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. And
0: they have their own gravities, and they, and they interfere mm-hmm. with each other, and they also suck each other into each other. Well, we're There's,
1: all sick with capitalism.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's also a disease. I just wanted to add a patron shout-out. So, thank you to Chella L., Thank you very much. Thank you, Ash Alexander, as well. Thank you, Erica N. Thank you, Carrie Davis. Guys, be sure and check out Butterface Creations. They are also a patron. Chelsea Taylor, thank you. Claire Daphne, thank you. And Pearl. Uh, thank you, Linda Crimes, Thank you, Kristen Rowan. Thank you, Ben Menard. Thank you, Andrea Miller. Holy crap, thank you, Rob Campbell check out the episode that we're going to do later with Nova Starlust, who is also a patron. Thank you, Whitney Hampson. Thank you, Tao Palmer. Thank you all very much. Recyclables and Newsdump wouldn't be possible without you. If you want to be a patron, you can go to patreon.com forward slash recyclables. I would really appreciate it. You can also check out Rochelle's paintings at for Poor on Instagram. Thanks. The point of that is, all right, cool. So it's a foregone conclusion. What do we need to do? One, we need an end to profitability. I know I know that's, like, impossible ex- existentially, like, among everyone, but I want people who listen to us to every once in a while think about a world where the motive isn't profitability. The motive isn't how much money can I make. The motive is how good of an example is this going to set for my kid? How long is this going to ensure the survival of our species?
1: I don't have any children to set examples for. Can okay. you make a metaphor that applies to me and me alone? Thank you. How
0: is history going to think about what you did and what you want?
1: I don't think history's going to remember me. But I think a way that, uh, outside of like how how can I set a good example for my kid, how can I create a community for other people that, like, how can I create the community I want to see in the world? And, I mean, I, I know I could probably be doing a heck of a lot more um, I think we all could. I I saw someone say they're like, we don't need to dismantle the system; it is falling apart on its own.
0: We just need what to we decide. need to do
1: is we need to create our systems, like our communities, to withstand when the systems fall apart. But the problem is, is that since we all still have to exist in that system, how do we have enough energy to do that other stuff? <sighs> I don't know.
0: So who do we center? Besides, um, the the one group I always come back to, obviously, is Indigenous people. That's indigenous people,
1: ex- absolutely, just BIPOC and out, in general, Black Indigenous people of color, disabled people. In,
0: in particular, though, Indigenous people when it comes to climate change, because a lot of Native, Indigenous, First Nations, whatever adjective, Aboriginal people's Whatever way you want to describe people who were there before colonizers showed up. I was just listening to an episode about a Star Trek commentary show. There's an episode of Star Trek where they use indigenous actors to really highlight people being moved off of their planet as a forced relocation thing. And one of the commenters pointed out that, like, yes, yeah, because a lot of these societies, that's a family member. Right. That's that's saying, hey, leave your uncle, leave your sister like just and they're going to stay here and don't worry about what we're going to do to them. And like, how cool are you going to be with with somebody who does that? Part of the reason I'm particularly pro land back is a I don't like our system I'd like to see it under somebody yeah. else's, but also a lot of those people we we talked about it in the in the uh, Matthew Paul Daddy episode about the Native Americans up north in the Seattle area there were these oyster bays that were plotted so that you could just go and grab oysters well. When that happens, it flur- seaweed needs to grow there to create certain lightning conditions. When that happens, certain fish are drawn to that area. When that happens, certain predator- predators are drawn to that area. Yeah. And you create and manufacture an eco... Not necessarily manufacture, but you...
1: Maintain. You create and maintain um, an ecosystem. The indig- indigenous folks were very good at that. I think that's one thing that is really frustrating about how um, white... People and like European people have looked at animals and resources all as objects to possess, and not as like organisms that inhabit the same places they do and have like have just as much right to be there. That's, that's not to say you can't eat a fucking chicken. That's why. It just means you need to be respectful of that chicken before you eat said chicken.
0: That was kind of that was I think that was most of it. Yeah, I think
1: that's where we're at. I I would say. Well, oh, it sounds like there's potentially going to be a bill put through the uh, through Congress to overturn Citizens United. Good. So, um, actually, I will find you a link specifically that people can follow okay. for that so that you can let your representatives know how you feel about that. And then there's another push trying to close more Catholic-run indigen- Indian boarding schools.
0: Good, good, good. Because
1: they're—spoiler alert—they're still fucking around. They're still fucking around. We still are removed—it's <laughs> still fucking happening. Here's,
0: here's the problem with by the, time, by the time the average person finds out a thing to be outraged by, it's got a lot of inertia. And it's going on, and it's not going to no, stop right away. Well No, you're no are here, here, Well, here's why I was pointing it out, is it's, it's it's similar to climate change. And it's why knowing about it and being pissed off about it doesn't stop it. Yeah. We have to do things. And you have to do more than that. And I think that's part of why we have a culture that is so explicit about you got to go to work, and you got to be productive. Because if you're going to work and being productive...
1: You don't have time to deal with the things you're mad about.
0: And even if they're not consequentially forced to be like even if nobody said, even if Thomas Jefferson didn't sit down and think hey man here's how shit will work and like pass it off on a secret thing in the back of the constitution it's still just the way things work and it's a similar thing of like by the time you're outraged about the indigenous schools and there's something to do about it there's still another five years till they're stopped. It's similar with climate change and that's why it's at least to me important because all the other issues that was the one thing we didn't uh, that I didn't mention sorry was that it, it, it all ties to other things. Mm-hmm. right? The, the issues of white supremacy uh, kind of are rooted and, and intertwined with colonialization and so much of the issues with the planet are the it, sexism is also entwined in it, because how many scientists do we not listen do because they're women, right? Like, ageism is implied in it, well, too.
1: Well, and especially when you're talking about that white supremacy angle of it. Like, all of these supremacy systems, it's yeah. artificial privileges that go against...
0: It's that pseudo-normal thing, pseudo-natural, yeah, yeah, yeah. where, yeah. like, it seems natural, it seems fine. Like, of course we should listen to the people who are oldest. Well, what about the people who know the most... What about the people with the most personal experience?
1: No, if you have the most money, you obviously know the most. Yeah. Money Uh, is knowledge
0: and that's, that's that's also part of it being a hyper object but also part of why i think it's important because every little battle you win along the way you give indigenous people some more of their land back that's that's a little chip into the hyper object it makes it a little bit smaller condenses mm-hmm. one of the fractured lenses of it that you need to see through if you if you battle policing like we've mentioned how much the military's output like industrial output isn't measured and impacts things and our relationship to policing is directly correlated, I think, to our relations with overall martial authority and force. Once you realize, like, oh, shit, maybe you should defund the police, you realize, like, oh, that's the, the, the military budget is just a, you govern, like, a wider manifestation of our relationship with the police. And defunding the police is the first step to defunding the military because we don't need to spend three times what the rest of the world does in defense because that no, money isn't going anywhere. No, we need anywhere. to
1: keep building planes that do not work.
0: Exactly. And that's why that's why climate change, I think, is so hard to grasp, but so important. And why it's also important to why these other little fights are important. You unionize the clerks at Plaid. Those people have more time to help other workers. Those workers look at their conditions and think, man, these things are fucked up. And you start thinking about the environmental impact of your work and you start realizing, like, hey, We do X, Y, and Z because it makes somebody money. So maybe if we don't do that and it's not the focus, we don't have to do that. We don't need to have nine kinds of sodas in an industrial strength freezer. Don't
1: take away my nitro Pepsi. Just kidding. Haven't you tried it yet?
0: But you do that, then suddenly some of the impact is lessened. So even something as small as, hey, let's unionize the plaid workers, like leads to these bigger issues. And that's what I think is important about it being uh, understanding it as a hyper object, but also why it's important to, to us, to, to you and I at least, to battle these, even these smaller fights because they win the bigger war, so to speak.
1: We're never going to be able to effectively triage all the problems that we come across. But, but using that yeah. to not address anything is not an excuse
0: and I understand I am in a privileged position to not go to work because my body won't let me
1: I'm in a privileged position to have not had to go to work for almost a year now.
0: So me saying hey not going to work it will be a st- it won't but it, it all of these little things build up the same way they build up bad, they build up good and it's like, to me, if money is inconsequential, if we can all agree that it's fake and it's made up, then what is the score? What is the thing that defines if you've really won at life? And the thing wealthy people really have figured out is its history. Because that's, that's what you want when you're the guy who goes into space, the first private citizen, right? You, you want the historical precedence more than a billion dollars. Because billion dollars doesn't come with you when you're dead. But a hundred years from now, everyone will know who Jeff Bezos was.
1: Oh, it'd be kind of rad if we could erase his name at least.
0: I'm down. I'm down.
1: We just named him Poopy Face.
0: Yeah, that'd be dope. That's why. That's why I'm pro. There's still there's graffiti on the walls of Rome, still, that's like Caesar is a cuck. Like, Hell yeah, so good. There's Hell yeah. there's I think it's in Constantinople vikings got all the way down like they went fucking all the way through the mediterranean sea and they got to one of those places and there's scrawled like so and so it's either like so and so was here or so and so has a big dick like it's mm, yeah there's graffiti on one of those churches like way up at the top of like one of the towers where somebody was just like
1: penis <laughs> that was fucking great oh. well i think we've we've fully oh, that's an episode um, i threw away the pin and everything. fully ruined our day no no, no i'm I, just kidding. Here, i know as a white person i cannot speak to the racial element of what happened at the oscars that yeah. night but as a performer and as someone who has experienced violence from the stage i can say that the people who like this is this is not the this is not the uh inciting incident that most mainstream comics are making it out to be
0: i i cannot comment on the aspects of uh, two, two African-American, two black people interacting in such a way as well. But as a person whose therapist has said it's okay to call yourself a philosopher, I find the breaking down of norms in such a visceral and immediate fashion to be both an interesting sign of where society is at within itself, as well as a communication to the degree in which things have changed to where, as you said, they would rather remove a Native, 2010, not even however long ago, they'd rather remove a Native American woman from the situation than allow Oh, her. no,
1: no, this was in the 70s. Okay. This was back in the 70s. She, she was accepting an award for another uh, performer because pr- he was the protesting yeah, the yeah. way that they were treated, the Native Americans were treated, and so she gave that speech. And then they were, armed guards were taking her off the stage because John Wayne was waiting in the flanks to fuck her yeah,
0: up. Yeah, no, no, no. He said we didn't kill enough Indians. He's, he's a great guy. He's, he's such a... He. We could definitely, at some point, I wouldn't mind doing
1: just don't be looking at the bargain bin DVDs at Walmart and say that John Wayne has had plastic surgery because a very intimidating 16 year 60 year old dude's gonna come up this close to your face and say John Wayne never had any work done and then just walk away it's horrifying though so
0: I don't here here's the thing I don't want people that's to That's more
1: toxic masculinity than what Will Smith said, did.
0: Yeah, and more and, and, and to me it's just interestingly that the, the social uh, the norm is broken. People are hitting yeah. each other on live T V. That's that's a thing that doesn't happen in functioning well maintained empires. And as a person who's like, Cool, it's after this empire, I'm a little bit excited. And that's why I don't want people to leave this necessarily Depressed is like it is. No, it is, it it's cl- the
1: it, climate change it, is more depressing than it is that situation. It is
0: important to mourn the the things we have lost and and the and things, things
1: we will lose.
0: But I also think if it wasn't working for you, if you're looking around your life, if you're sitting at a place and you're like it's fucking miserable and I hate it here, thank God I have these assholes in my ears to at least make these last hour this last hour ish enjoyable. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be that way.
1: It doesn't so, have to be that way, but I can understand why it can feel impossible for it to not be Oh, no, be no, that it's way. not...
0: That's my point. It's not going to be that way. No. <laughs>
1: it's just not...
0: You're just not... Like, in 20 years, things are going to be different one way or another. For you... In 20 uh, years,
1: literally everyone will have a podcast.
0: Yeah, that will be the only way. I mean, and would that be wrong? Like if if
1: no i i do think it's really funny when people are like everybody has a podcast and i mean the only time i fully agree with that statement is when i see all of the clips of dude podcasts on tiktok oh yeah, where they're talking about women's value and their body count and all that shit here's
0: here, here, here's people people who spout the myth of meritocracy are the scaredest of a meritocracy because then because they think they've succeeded on merit they've never i listened to a really good fucking terry pratchett we'll end with terry pratchett one of his short stories is about witches doing a competition for spells Mm. right and he's like it's just in in and the issue is one of the witches is the best she wins every year every year it's foregone conclusion so they ask her to not
1: compete yeah
0: they're like we've actually come up with a new ranking system and if you don't compete then everyone else will feel encouraged and kind of the protagonist of the story is a witch who's like i just didn't want to show off so i've never done my best man and anytime she's about to win she's like oh whoops oh 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 no (laughs) oh i didn't win it was the effort that counted because she just doesn't want the fame and she doesn't want to and he makes the point of like it 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 sucks because the people who are the best are the busiest and actually aren't going to question how they got. They're going to constantly question how they got there because they're going to constantly push themselves to be the best. And the people who aren't great are going to constantly push themselves too, and they're not going to have the time to think about why they're not the best because they're they're not going to have time to gripe about it because they're going to take what they thought about and apply it to be the best. And those people who are middling, who like can't succeed because kind of they haven't tried, but they think that it's... lately. Like, those are the people who who are real troublesome. And the problem is you need those people in shitty situations, in situations of, like, oppression and whatnot because, you know, they they meet in the middle. But when it's, like, a, an actual meritocracy, those people are the most miserable because they don't... They, they're not going to earn it, but they want the excuse to say they want it. And it's, it's a great story. I recommend Terry Pratchett. That's how we're ending this episode.
1: Yeah. Um. What do I recommend? Um, we watched Turning Red, the Pixar movie, and it was great.
0: Right. I'm not going <laughs> to.
1: Yes, you are. I
0: probably will. I finally watched. Oh, yeah, yeah we, can, we can. Okay.
1: Off. Bye, everyone. We love you. The News Dump was produced by
0: Rochelle Cody and Patrick Thomas Perkins. It was edited by Patrick Thomas Perkins. Music clips can be found in full on Aesop Rock's The Blob, available at Rhymesayers Entertainment. For free. Like, like, he says to do stuff like this. That's why I did it.
1: Timothy Horton. Morton.
0: Timothy Morton. Timothy Horton. I'm going to record it both ways, and then...
1: Timothy Horton. Timothy Morton. Future which Pat. One is it?
0: Haha, <laughs> Future Pat, you piece of shit.
1: Well, I mean... Three
0: days from now, I'm going to be like, God damn, you piece of shit, Pat. Anyway... Thank you for picking up recyclables today. Donations to the ACAST streaming service are, of course, always welcomed, but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.